0: I started to realize that there's going to be a time when the doctor's going to tell me, you can't drink anymore, dude. You're done. And I didn't want that. I wanted to be strong enough to Mm -hmm. do it myself.
1: Welcome to the show where we help you make smart nutrition simple. If you want proven nutrition strategies to help you build a better body and create the energy to show up for your family without overly restrictive and unrealistic dieting, then you're in the right place make sure to subscribe and enjoy this episode matt squires welcome to the smart nutrition made simple show what is going on brother
0: how you doing my friend everything is well
1: love hearing it i'm doing awesome i am honored and grateful to have you on the show uh, this has been a long time coming and you just recently concluded a year of coaching with our Smart Nutrition Coaching Program and, and Coach Joey specifically, and um, we have a, a couple of things coming up that I really wanted to share with our listeners here. But just generally speaking, is you had a pretty profound uh, journey, I, I guess you could say, over the last year. You had some great results and. I think that, and I'll I'll obviously let you do justice to explaining what exactly that means, but I think you had as much of a, not just a physical change, but obviously like a mental emotional change. And and so I wanted to be able to share that. So again, thank you for coming on. So do me a favor, Matt, um, just give us a a really brief kind of idea of of who you are, what you do, and Mm -hmm. kind of why you decided to join the Smart Nutrition Coaching Program.
0: Yeah, uh, first and foremost, I want to take a step back and just say thank you for everything. Uh, thank you to, you know, you, your friendship and your guidance through the way, um, Christina, Joey, the rest of the BSL coaches, um, the impact that uh, you guys and, and your team had on this, what I call a journey more so than than a diet uh, was was something that I didn't expect. And I'm forever grateful for it. There's a, a lot of stuff that we'll kind of touch on as to what the reasons were. But I really needed kind of that kick as in the butt that said, Hey, it's, it's time to do it. And uh, the program gave me that opportunity um, to create this, you know, this discipline that it was going to take in order for it to, you know, in order to be successful. But I just wanted to, you know, thank you and, and everyone else and even the BSL community. You know, I, I wasn't able to attend the call as often uh, as I would have liked. Um, but at the same time, uh, knowing that I had that community there to be able to share and 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 touch base with and talk about was, it was, it, it was just invaluable to my success. So thank you very much for that.
1: Well, you're welcome. Thank you for doing the work.
0: Yeah, <laughs> a little bit about me. I work in software development and uh, I've done a lot of stuff in the, in you know, in the business space over the years. Um, so primarily my, my discipline is in business and finance. Um, When I was an undergraduate, I studied uh, to be a physical therapist, which is anatomy, physiology, chemistry, those types of things. But uh, organic chemistry proved to be a little bit too difficult for me to uh,
1: Gross. grasp. <laughs>
0: <Gross>. <laughs> so as a result, here I am. I am not a right. physical therapist, but that was my goal all along. And then uh, I have uh, a, my master's study was in adult learning. And uh, human behaviorism, and so I tailored a lot of my stuff. It's uh, kind of more of a was an alternative to an MBA that enabled me to um, kind of look into human behaviorism and a little bit more and that kind of thing. So um, that's a little bit about me. Obviously, you know, you and I played rugby for a very long time. I mm-hmm. had a, an illustrious career where I have played for about 20 years, but the last 10 or so were just. Having fun playing on a travel you know,
1: team. How about family?
0: The so family, I have a wife and two children. My children are 10 and 12, seem to be 13, going on 30, as most 13-year-olds are. And, you know, we just, I work from home and we live in a small little community where I don't really venture out much, <laughs> with the exception <laughs> of the occasional uh, kids' activities. But other than that, you can find me on the golf course, South of Mountain Hiking, or at my house.
1: Yeah, you and I don't differ, and, and you, we don't differ that much. So, last November, so November 21, right, we had our inaugural Elevate workshop, our BSL nutrition workshop in person in Scottsdale. And what made you attend the workshop in the first place? And then you stood up at one point during the workshop and you shared why, because we talked a lot about. Why it was important for you to be in the room, what your journey was going to look like moving forward, why it was so important for you to make change in your life. And I'd love to know and for you to share kind of what was going through your head at that time. And then what was the impetus for you to to join the coaching program from there?
0: I kind of yo yo back and forth with with some diets. And, you know, one of the things that um, you know, like in the past that I never did is I I never really was successful in that it, you know, I kind of would gain the weight back because I allowed certain things to kind of interfere life, you know, in general, but certain things within my life and I allowed those things to interfere with goals. And uh one of the things that stood out for me during the elevate was there was something. That was discussed, and I can't remember. I believe it was you. It might have been Joey that talked about the metabolism and how it's a survival and you know a survival mechanism,
1: mm-hmm. and uh,
0: how your metabolism, you know, at times, if you don't understand it as this like survival mechanism, that when you go through these diets and you and you treat it as a diet, um, you're you're not really giving yourself the time that is required, the the slow roll, the 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 progression. Um, to where your allows your body to get used to it. Most of the times that I've done it were kind of flash things through like interval training classes that I was right. attending. Were you know weight loss challenges that were maybe two months long, um, three months long, and I was able to shed a lot of weight. But a couple months later, there it was. Right. So um, in November twenty one, I had just come off of a pretty rough uh, about twenty four months. But in in twenty one itself, I lost my dog with fourteen years. I lost my dad. I had total reconstructive surgery on my shoulder. And I spent the summer just really kind of wondering what's going on. You know, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? And uh, spend a lot of time at home, as I mentioned, and a lot of time thinking. And, and, uh, you know, one of the things that kind of stuck out was you gave me the opportunity to attend. You invited me. And it, it was just the right time for me. And it was one of those moments where, you know, I talked to my wife about it. There, you know, the commitment to it is, is a year commitment and, and that year commitment isn't just going to be, you know, macro. There's a lot of things that require discipline to make the commitment and in particular commitment for that period of time. And it started to, you know, kind of sink in that it was something that I just needed to do. I was dealing with, with, you know, a tremendous amount of loss, tremendous amount of sorrow. Um, I use anger, as you know, to uh, get through a lot of things. And I, I, some people turn to different emotions, I happen to turn to anger when it comes to emotions, And I use that emotion to help me kind of level set with things and to concentrate more. And I was just tired of that, you know, I was tired of that mentality of, you know, what, how am I going to challenge this, and then getting mad at it, and then being mad all the time, because that's so many damn challenges. So, as we're sitting there, I looked around the room and I saw a lot of people, a lot of vulnerable faces that were willing to share their vulnerabilities in a way that enabled them to, to, to make it a strength. And, uh, you know, I mentioned after the, this most recent one that, I, you know, I was standing there in that room and you asked me to uh, do a video. You asked everyone to do like a testimonial to themselves, you know, like here's a video, record it. Uh, send it to me, share it with me. I'd like to know. I, and, and uh, I, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I'm there by myself. I know you and Christine in the room and there was a few of, you know, familiar faces, but wasn't anyone that I would, you know, technically be sitting there hugging it out and sharing my vulnerabilities with. But I looked around the room and I saw that everyone there was willing to do the same thing as as I was. And some of them had already started. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to be honest with everyone in this room because if I can be honest with everyone in this room, um, and I can be vulnerable like they are, I can turn this vulnerability that I have into a strength. And so I stood up and I shared my, my story and my story was, uh, what I already, you know, mentioned too with, with the grief that I was dealing with, but it's also my struggle with alcohol. And, uh, you know, there was a few people up there and that were saying, oh, you know, I, I didn't let Ben take my alcohol away. And, and, and that's fine. You know, that, that, hmm. that you were, you understood like, hey, not everyone's going to be able to do that. But that was November, um, the middle of November. And I started the program. And, uh, you know, the, the first part of it, that first phase is kind of like, you know, let's just get a feel for what you're doing and how you're doing it. And then we can then build a coaching plan around it. And I was, you know, I I found myself walking all the time, which was great. You know, I love trail running and I do a lot of trail running on South Mountain, but I found myself walking more in that, in those periods of walking, because I work from home, I don't get a chance to do a lot of the normal walking that people do. So in order for me to get my steps in, I had to go for a long walk every day. And most of November and December, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting there and I'm walking and I'm you know, thinking to myself, what, what, what am I looking for? How is this going to be different? How am I going to make this opportunity any different from us the other one? And uh, a big part of that was I was dealing with, uh, you know, a lot of grief, but also a lot of um, discontent, you know, anxiety, those types of things that, you know, okay, so let's, let's talk about what are causing these things, you know, what, what causes, you know, your anxiety? And I start looking at it and I'm, you know, I I start identifying things. And you know, the sooner you can identify them, the sooner you can um start to understand them. You know, I mm-hmm. I as I mentioned my anger issues in the past, I, I studied Buddhism in college That's just like a like no one's you know, happier than the Dalai Lama. Why is he so happy? Maybe I can learn something from him. And I read a book called Healing Anger and talked about how patience is, is a big part of the, of life. And a patient is something that um, you have to leverage as, and, and, and understand that when you're in these times that you're starting to get angry, you have to be more patient with the situation. But more importantly, what you have to do is you have to figure out what was it that made you so angry and then go back and afterwards and reflect on that and and think about And most likely, it's going to lead to this patient uh, problem that you have, you know, if you weren't patient with the situation, but you're identifying it, you see it coming. The next time it it comes around, you see it coming and you're able to say, that was the cause right there. I see that it's coming. And I'm going to then I'm going to catch that and I'm going to be more patient in this situation. And uh, so as I'm doing these, you know, this exercise, this kind of meditative walking, um, I started to realize that a lot of the issues that I had in my life stemmed from my, and I'm going to use the term, honestly, the abuse of alcohol, you know, like, did I drink in excess every night? No, but I drank every night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and it was like, sure, I would take a day off every, you know, week or every 10 days or whatever, but I didn't have a lot, you know, but as I'm sitting there, and I'm going through my tracking, I found myself in the month of December, setting aside, you know, 750 to 1000 calories, so that I didn't hit my number for my alcohol consumption. And so that first, I guess you could call it like an aha moment. But that that wake up is like, now you're paying attention to how much you're drinking. And you see, you know, how much you're drinking, it doesn't seem like a lot when it's one night a week. But when you go seven days, and then you have to at the end of the at the end of the week, um, have your call with Joey. And, you know, he takes a look at it is like, you had alcohol X number of days, like you had you cut this many grams of protein out of your intake, your weekly intake, simply so you could have this alcohol, like, is that the best thing for you? Is that what you're looking for? And, uh, you know, is that your goal here? And so as I started to progress through that, and, and go through those, you know, those meetings and those walking phases, and I started to realize that there's going to be a time when the doctor's going to tell me, you can't drink anymore, dude, you're done. And I didn't want that, you know, and uh, I, I didn't want someone to tell me that I couldn't, I wanted to be strong enough to mm-hmm. do it myself. You know, it, all this is happening as I'm, as I'm experiencing these, you know, these changes in my diet and, and changing it changes in my exercise. And the exercise was a different type of exercise. It wasn't that I was doing any less or any more. It was just, I just kind of changed it up a little bit. And so I was um, at a football game, uh, a Cardinals football game, and I was driving home with my mother-in-law. She was in the car and I had had a few beers because it was the end of the season and you know, I had to get a, get a few beers in me. And I happened to notice that I was using uh, profanity a little bit more than I chose, you know, normally. And I, I just came to the realization in the car, like, I wouldn't normally talk like this in front of my mother-in-law. This is, this is the sweetest saint of a human being that's ever existed.
1: That's how mother-in-laws are.
0: (laughs) So here I am, you know, and I'm like, all right, wait a second here. You know, and that after, you know, after this, this constant walking and thinking, you know, I started to think maybe this wasn't the best thing for me to carry on down this path. And so I made a decision shortly after that, about two days later, I made the conscious decision in my mind to say, okay, I'm going to do this. Um, and I was going to take a year break. I, I, I used the term abstinence because it was willful. My wife wasn't asking me to, my family wasn't asking me to, a judge didn't tell me I had to. I chose the term and I used the term abstinence because it was my choice. But I was scared that I that I'm like hyper disciplined about certain things. I'm a dumpster fire when it comes to something. But when I set my mind to it, when I, when I become disciplined, I leveraged that absolutely to the hill. And uh, I, I was, I was nervous. I didn't know if I had um, the willpower and the strength in me to do it. I knew that I had the community. I had my BSL community with me. I had my family. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have, you know, my friends in the sense of, and I'll touch on this a little bit later, but like the culture that I was living in, prevented me from being able to be successful. It wasn't an environment that was conducive to success when it came to alcohol consumption. So it took me a few days to think about it. And our friend in New Zealand and I had a conversation that we've had several times in the past about, you know, this. So he was kind of the first person that I, I didn't tell him what my plans were, but I had a conversation with him over one of our late night, Saturday night video game sessions and I was just like, you know, kind of feeling it out and talking to him about it because he's non-alcoholic and he's been for a while. Right. And so I made the decision that if, if, you know, going to like back to what Joey was saying is write it down, you know, and everyone says, if you have a goal, write it down. So I was like, I got to write this down. And the way I did it was I um, took a New Year's card every year for New Year's. My wife and my kids, we have a little dinner party. Everyone gets dressed up. We put out hors d'oeuvres, we put out sparkling cider and champagne on this particular night. You know, we kind of set it up and we have ourselves our own little New Year's Eve celebration and we celebrate New Year's as a family. So I nervously wrote this down on a card and I gave it to my wife and family. And I put it in a kind of ceremonial place uh, because I knew that if I made this commitment to them, I would not break that commitment. It was easy for me to break it to myself because I had in yeah. passed. past I'd taken two months off here, three months off there, but you know it's not paying dividends. I I, I didn't see the the end result, and so I wrote this note um, to my family, and I said to them, you know, I'm I've chosen to abstain from alcohol for the year of 2022, and I'm doing this for health reasons as well as to to make myself happier, uh, you know, mental and physical health, but but also for the family uh, and also for a lot of reasons. And I wrote the letter and didn't really think too much about it. I wrote it a few hours before dinner and I presented it at dinner and it had a a significant impact on, on my family. My daughter was 11 at the time and was kind of looking at it. Like I I didn't really know if she knew what that meant, but her reaction Mm. was, was one of those things where I was like, all right, you know, I know that with that reaction and how much it meant to her, I knew that that wasn't going to be a problem at all. And, you know, I had my, my final glass of champagne I took with the new year and I, I you know, I, I said, here's the health and happiness. And, uh, what transpired after that was beyond my, my wildest dreams. You know, I just did, I'm not going to drink today. You know, that was January 1st and January 1st and the, you know, the you know, football games and all that kind of stuff. And, You look at it and you're like, oh, you know, I made this choice. I'm doing this, you know, for, for, to be healthier. I'm doing this for my family. And it took a little bit of, a a little bit of time. It took saying that, you know, over and over again, not just doing this for me. I'm doing it for my family. It was always for me, but it was the, it was the result of the family. And uh, what I wanted to do and what my end goal was, was to be, healthier and happier, but also to reassess my relationship with alcohol. Uh, my re- relationship with alcohol at the time was something that was a little bit more than uh, I, I was comfortable with. And you know, I had to you know figure out the, the culture of the people that I was around. And you know, there were a lot of things that that transpired from those events that led the year to be one of the most successful years that I've had. I rebranded myself in a lot of ways, you know, and I don't normally have a beard, uh, you know, I <laughs> I don't normally have long hippie hair, but, you know, it's just little things. I was like, you know, I'm just going to change my appearance a little bit. I'm going to be a different Matt than I was yeah. in 2022 or 2021. And so the, the effects that we, that I had mentally, physically were, you know, far exceeded my expectations. But more importantly, um, it was, it took a lot of discipline. Uh, but the mental piece of it is what I got the most out of, you know, the physical transformation that I did was, that's a guarantee with your, with your program, the, the, the physical transformation is a guarantee. I mean, if if people listen to you and follow your instructions and follow what the coaches are saying, they are guaranteed to have success with the program. But the mental piece of it is it was different. And that was what I didn't expect.
1: I appreciate you sharing all of that. And I applaud you on your efforts. So here we are, I'm assuming you've been alcohol free for the entirety of this year. And so help us understand what the positive mental aspects have been from uh, eliminating alcohol for the year in conjunction, obviously, with the coaching program. But what have the results been? What, What has really surprised you about the process?
0: You know, the, the, the physical ones that I can touch on kind of quickly, there, there are things like resting heart rate. My average resting heart rate when I was drinking was high sixties, like 66 to like 68, sometimes even like 71, 72, if it was like a bender night and the last 12 months, my average has been between 49 and 50. So when when you think about the, the the heart is a, is a finite resource. You only get a certain number of pumps, and, uh, when you when you start looking at it and saying, okay, I it, it, in this one year, I added an extra twenty percent to twenty five percent onto my life. You know, it's it, that it was you, you just in and of itself. It's like if you want to live longer, well, then you need to. You know, you're sure anyone can die doing an accident, but if you think about dying of old age or you're if you if you're heart that kind of thing, you got to start taking care of that. And yeah. uh, you know, with that was a big part of it was hormones. And so, mm-hmm. when you think about like you know, alcohol affects hormones. Not a lot right. of men are talking about hormones. A lot of men like to talk about their you know T score or, or their like oh I have high testosterone or I have low testosterone. Right. But testosterone isn't the only hormone that we have. And so you know the, the effect that I that it had on my hormones, where all of right. a sudden you know there was a balance there that I hadn't had prior you know prior to the the abstinence. And uh, so once I got those things in order, you know all of a sudden I. I didn't feel the anxiety, you know, mental clarity was there and a level that it's not like I was a genius or anything before. And I'm not a genius now. It's just the mental clarity that I had was significantly greater. You know, I was performing better at work. The tasks were a lot easier. Mornings were a lot better, you know? Mm -hmm. And so mentally, um, one of the challenges was how am I going to, okay, so now I work from home. I don't socialize a ton. But I do socialize sometimes. How do I, how am I going to go to my favorite thing the golf tournament? You know, like the TPC at Scottsdale is one of my favorite things you could do. How am I going to do that with without alcohol? I would go to Maui every year. Three months into my absence, sobriety, whatever you want to call it, we go to Hawaii. And we go to Hawaii with a with a family group that every day at four o'clock, you know, we're done golfing, we're done swimming, we're doing playing. And uh, they're at happy hour, right? You know, and it's like, how how am I going to react there? Right. And, you know, it was, it was during that time where I started to look at, you know, the culture of, of drinking, you know, and the culture that I was living in and the, and surrounding myself with. There's nothing wrong with those people. Um, they might not have, you know, a problem with alcohol. They might not be abusing like I am. Uh, but I am, I was and I did, you know, and, uh, so when I get there and I start making those changes, you know, all of a sudden I start feeling a little bit better because it's like a, little mini challenge, you know, As I mentioned, I love video games, and I, I love challenges, these little mini missions that you do. And I started treating it like that and and turning it into a game. And it was always going to be that I was going to do it. I didn't want to be miserable while I was doing it. I wanted to be happy while I was doing it. So, you know, I was never going to break my uh, my promise. But you know, I it was gonna be challenging. And I didn't want to be miserable while I was doing it. So I made a little game out of it at times. And uh, every time someone said, you know, why aren't you drinking? You know, our friend in New Zealand pointed out that, you know, you ask them, why are they? And you get someone who's asking, well, why aren't you drinking? Because I don't feel like it, but why are you? You know, you can say whatever you want, but the reality mm-hmm. is you don't need a reason. Um, Correct. You know, you, you just need to just sit there and be like, ah. so, the you know, the first couple of months, uh as I mentioned, you know, my brand was I'm a r- ex rugby player who loves to drink beer and I can drink and drink and drink. You know, I can throw them away. You've seen it. And I just was like, yeah, I, I need to rebrand myself. I need to change the way people think about me and the way people look at me so that the first time they see me, they might say to me, Hey, you know, why aren't you drinking? The next time they see me, hey, how's it going? Are, are you still not drinking? And then, you know, they start getting a little inquisitive. So you only see them a few times a year, but they're like, so what, is, what, what has changed? And, you know, and I tell them about the happiness that I've had.
1: I have another really
0: good friend in L.A. who um, he's been sober for a few years now. And, uh, you know, I sat down with him and I talked to him about, at, you know, great length for about an hour, or hour and a half. And very early on, and asked him, you know, like, how was your experience? What did you go through? And so, you know, I reached out to people and I leveraged just the same way as if I was trying to be successful in business. You know, I'm going to reach out to these people and I'm going to ask them questions so that I can be successful in, in, in this, you know, adventure that I'm on. And I like to, you know, I, I like to say when people ask, oh, how's the diet? I'm like, I'm not on a diet. I'm on a health journey, you know, mm-hmm. and journeys take a while. I don't consider your program a diet. I consider your program a health journey. And uh, I, I would always correct them and be like, you mean my journey? My journey is going great. It's an adventure, you know. Every day is different. Every day is new. But one thing that happened, and it consistently happened, was over time I changed this, my brand to an extent. Not everyone, you know, that I see all the time. I'm sure if I ran in someone hasn't seen me in a while, they would still think of me as, you know, being this beer drinking fool. But the people that I'm close to and that see me all the time, my my true community, started to notice a difference. I'm in a men's group and a men's league in golf, and every month they would come up to me and be like, dude, you know, what happened? What are you doing? How did you do that? They now know that I'm doing this. I'm on this journey and they want to know how it's going. And they care me. people are very caring by nature. And uh, I had a lot of very uh, good people that asked and wanted to know. And so mentally, you know, six months into it, it it went from being this, like, I got to explain myself to everyone every time. I'm not drinking because you know, in reality, my liver's shot and I need to not drink so I can let my liver recover. You know, I didn't go on into that detail. Right. With him, but, you know, I basically said for health reasons. And, and then six months into it, seven months into it, people are coming up and saying, man, you look amazing. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I lost in your program. I think I started at 230 right before um, the first elevate. And then I, I got down to 193. So, you know, 37 pounds was great. And I'm still to this day, you know, we're, you know, several, I guess that was a little over a month ago since that, but um, I'm actually, you know, I'm maintaining my weight right now because if I don't, I'll lose, I'll continue to lose more because the program that you put me on taught me and educated me about the food that I was, you know, should be eating the amount of food that I should be eating. And it got to the point where I was actually losing more than I wanted to. I have a giant head. And it looks like a, you know, a blow pop. <laughs> I got this big head on a white stick of a body. And, you know, I'm like, hey, I got, I got to pump the brakes here a little bit. I actually have been trying to eat more to maintain that weight because, yeah. uh, you know, it's like I want to be mindful of it. But I also you know I don't want to be too skinny because my giant yeah. head. But, you know, over that time, it was just, I had to, you know, address the culture issue. I had to address the branding issue, you know, but more importantly, I had to be, you know, I had to be disciplined uh, all the time. And my brother, my older brother came up to me at Christmas and he's like, so you're telling me you for the last 12 months, haven't had even like a little sip of wine at dinner. And I was like, you know what? I even quit drinking kombucha because I found out that it had alcohol." You know, and because it was just one of those that had a small amount and I didn't realize it. But I'm like, no, I haven't had a fit. I told my family I wouldn't. I told myself that I wouldn't. And so as a result, um, you know, I was able to be disciplined in my approach and change all those variables that were causing me causing unhappiness and try to be a, a role model for friends that are looking to do the same and members of the community that are looking to do the same. And I a role model in the sense of like, hey, anyone can do this. It takes discipline. It takes commitment. But more importantly, all that stuff doesn't matter when you are happier and healthier and living a better life. All those other things that 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 little bit of fun that you have on a Saturday night that you might miss out on, you're not going to miss out on. Because my dad said it best at my wedding. You know, I said it's just too bad that you can't sit here and toast with me and have a drink. And he's like, "Well, you think I need you to? You think I need a drink to celebrate you?" I don't need a drink to celebrate you. I love you. And I celebrate you every day. Just that yeah. little thing. That was, you know, almost 20 years ago. And he said, it's going to me, stick to me every day. And I look at it, I'm like, you know, I don't, you just don't need, necessarily need alcohol to celebrate. Will I drink yeah. again? Yes, that is my plan. You know, like by reassess my relationship with alcohol, but will I ever continue to, you know, or jump back on when, you know, January 1st, I probably won't have a drink because yeah. I don't have, feel the need to. So I, I won't be worrying about that, you know, in the future, there's a few times when I had bad dreams and I realized when you wake up in the, in the middle of the night, you're dreaming about the fact that you drank last night and now you feel like you let your family down.
1: i was like, well, that's,
0: that's pretty big. Like <laughs> that's not good. Right. Uh, that means that I'm not there yet. And, uh, I haven't had any of those dreams in several months, but the fact that they existed are proof that I was dealing with a problem that I needed to get under control.
1: Yeah. Man, uh, I applaud you so much for your efforts over the past year, but more so is just identifying with the fact that and and really diving into rebranding yourself as you say I, and appreciate that so much. You know, one of the things we talk about a lot with our coaching program is the need to become your own best nutrition detective. And I think you, you know, you understanding the program now is it goes far <clears throat> and above just the Xs and Os of of calorie intake. Uh, but truly the people that are the most successful like you that are really making lifestyle change are the ones that are acknowledging the nuances of their daily behaviors and the behaviors that are serving them and the behaviors that aren't serving them and choosing to make change to those behaviors because truly it's not the food that's the problem, right? It's not necessarily the exercise that's the problem. It's, it's all of the behaviors and stressors, and anxiety and situations and a social support or lack thereof that we put ourselves into that contribute to the reasons why we make the decisions that we do, be it alcohol, be it sugar. And so for you to acknowledge that right out of the gate and commit to making that level of change in your life is is, is considerable. And so Matt, you know what what would life look like? How would it look different had you not decided to make change?
0: I would be the same old, miserable dude sitting in South MP, yeah, you know, just wondering, what do I need to do to get out of this rut? You know I would be in the same situation. I wouldn't have been as successful with my weight loss and the weight loss journey. You know, I wouldn't have been as successful mentally. I would have felt better because I would have lost some weight. There's no question, as I as I said, you know, I was losing weight and drinking alcohol at the same time on your program, but I wasn't. I wouldn't have been as successful, and uh, more importantly, um, I wouldn't have been as happy. And uh, this year has been a challenge at the beginning for the first maybe 60 days, and you know, there there were a few challenges along the way, but that commitment that I made to myself made it so much easier and made it so much more worth it. As you know, we worked tirelessly on the field together and we we went through drills and we did everything and we wondered what am i doing here why am i doing this to myself and then we go to you know a, a game and we outperform everyone on the field by you know a ridiculous amount and we start to look around and we realize that the fruits of our labor are when we plant the seed you know and uh we have to be mindful about that approach, and but it takes discipline. It takes strength, inner and outer strength to be able to do a lot of these things. But I wouldn't be where I am. I'd just, you know, I'd be miserable, anxiety ridden probably at this point. It, it got to the point where I, it, was, it was strongly recommended like, hey, you should probably go see a doctor to maybe get on some medication. And I told myself before I get on medication, I got to try this one last thing. And that one last thing was to just go sober. And I stay sober now because in reality, that's what it was. Um, I use the term abstaining from alcohol, uh, because my my plan is to that I'm not gonna be sober forever, but I've been
1: one hundred percent
0: sober since one one of you know, twenty two. And uh come one one of twenty-three I'll probably still be. Uh, right you know, as a result of of all the the, the changes, you know, that I've that I made over the year, but more importantly, the long-term goals that I've set for myself.
1: So if there's anyone listening to this, Matt, that might be considering or in their head thinking, I probably have a problem with alcohol or considering the benefits that could come from giving them a period of time of abstinence, what would you say to them?
0: Yeah. What I would say to them is if you think you have a problem, you do. Uh, that's not a, a, a show of you're not a bad person as a result of it but if, if you think you do you do but more importantly um, even if you don't think you do and you want to just because you want to you know experiment with it my feeling is that you have to take a, a an amount of time um, and you have to dedicate a significant amount of time to it uh, I would say that uh, you know, six months to a year is, is how long it it takes. Yeah. They say it takes 21 days to break a habit. This look, I did dry January. I did no booze November and all of those, and you know, whatever I've done those. And, and I went right back to the the old ways, but don't be afraid first and Mm -hmm. foremost. Um, because fear is something that we control. Danger is real, but fear is in our mind. And we can control how we are afraid of something and whether or not we're afraid of something. Because we have the mind and the willpower and the body and the spirit to be able to get over fear. Danger is standing too close to the edge. That's that's real. Fear is something that's a construct of our mind. So if you're afraid of, and you think you're afraid of doing something, challenge yourself mentally and say to yourself, I I'm not afraid of just about anything. And I can get over any fear because I can control it. I can control how I react to my fears and make, you know, maybe take that as your first step. But if you're you know looking to do it, I strongly suggest it for many you know reasons, but more importantly, because it's a healthy thing to do. You're going to have to uh, reassess your culture and by mm. culture, I mean your community,
1: mm-hmm. but also
0: the culture that you live in because we live in a drinking culture, sports mm-hmm. sporting events. Are not that fun when you're sober. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm not a big fan of American football, Touché. and I found myself at times like, get, uh, get me out of here. You'd right. never catch me dead at a baseball game. Yeah, exactly. Never. You know, exactly. So just don't do it. You know, just but but don't be afraid to to try new things. REI has a great um, calendar of events. I did a rappelling class. I'm doing a bouldering class. I'm doing a rock climbing class. You know, I started hiking in an ordinary mountain. I bought a mountain bike to go out and mountain bike. I was like, yeah, I'm going to try new things. I'm going to do, I'm going to try something new. I have no business repelling. I'm not going to go mountain climbing anytime soon, but I did the class just because it was like fun, man. I'm going to try it. And, and you surround yourself with a different group of people. Right. Those people, they might drink it at night or whatever, but they're not sitting there going, hey, 11 o'clock. When is, is it, can we drink now? And I play a lot yeah. of golf and I'm drinking, you know, is a big part of golf. I've never been a golf drinker. It's just not really because I'm bad enough at golf as it is. I don't need, to add a little bit of swing lube in there to make me worse. Just look around and start to reassess certain things, but understand um, that you're going to have to make changes. It's going to take discipline, uh, but don't be afraid because fear is something that you can control.
1: You know, just what we keep coming back to is how your identity changes when you go down this road, right? Whatever you want to call it, call it a journey, be it Nutrition, exercise, abstinence from alcohol, just changing your behaviors is what's required if you're trying to make change in your life. And the way we change our behaviors is also by acknowledging who we surround ourselves with influences those behaviors. And there's no dissimilarity between making nutrition changes and making alcohol changes. And often the two go hand in hand. These are the hard things that come with the territory of making lifestyle change and acknowledging who you are now and whether or not you think you have a problem with alcohol, it doesn't matter, but simply acknowledging who you want to become and who you need to become in the process and what that person looks like, you know, what that person does on a daily basis, who they surround themselves with, what their lifestyle's like relative to where you are now. And then- making the commitment to make those changes. And so last question is we talked about, you know, what someone looking to perhaps considering making change with their alcohol, what would you say to someone who's on the fence about scheduling a call with BSL Nutrition, about joining our coaching program if they're on the fence? The
0: benefits that you're going to get are going to far exceed any anything that you might have doubts about. Um, and doubts can, can number and, you know, the the financial commitment, the time commitment, the, the stresses of counting calories and those types of things. Those are all very small things because in the, the end result is going to be so much greater than that, that, you know, dumping a puzzle out on the floor and looking at it and trying to figure out the puzzle it's a thousand piece puzzle and you're trying to look at it and imagine how all those thousand pieces are going to go together. You can't do that until you start with a corner and you grab a corner and then you build out the edges and now you have the perimeter. It takes one puzzle piece at a time for you to be able to do that. So if you're on the fence for any of those reasons, because there's a thousand reasons that you can come up with, I strongly recommend starting with, you know, looking at the puzzle and and, and finding that first piece. And I think making the commitment to to schedule a call with you and the BFL team is that first piece because I didn't just lose weight on this journey. I re-identified who I am in this world and I, I made changes that will forever live with me. And I did that by looking at the first piece and I started with the first piece of the puzzle and BSL is that first piece. And so being on the fence Look, you know, when it comes to like the sobriety thing, if you if you don't have a problem with alcohol, it's fine. Uh, that 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 was me. That was that was for me. I was able to see all all the corners of the pieces in the perimeter all at once, and I was like, oh, because I knew that was a problem, and I knew that if I made this commitment to you and started by making a commitment to you and your program, that I would have the community that I needed to be successful, and that's a big part of it. You might you it might be some person who doesn't have a coworker that they talk with all the time about this type of stuff. They might be a, a transplant that moved here for a new job and, and they don't have um, a group that they that they can share their, their uh, challenges with, that they can share their um, successes with. They mm-hmm. might be just this solo person who's sitting there going, I really want to be different. I really want to change something. The BSL community is that. They they are the conduits for the successes. They're places for you to share your, you know, your successes, your failures, your worries, your wants. There it's a community that comes together and, and enables uh individuals to be successful because it gives them a forum to promote themselves in. Because all of this journey and health and fitness and all these things, it's all for your mind, body, and spirit. And so if you can't if no ones there to, to see it, the vanity in you says, "Well, why would I do it? I don't have anyone to see it. You, you, you might not you know have a family um, you know close by or a best friend that you can talk with all the time to to share these things with. Well, you now have a place that you can', and you now have a community that wants to do it with you, but more importantly wants to help you and wants you to be successful. And that's, you know, to me, as someone who's on the fence, I look at it and say, if there's there's no better reason to, to take that first step and to move forward than to be able to share it with such a wonderful group of people. And if, for anyone who is on the fence, who hasn't met Ben, well, he's a handsome, wonderful human being, but his wife is a thousand times better. Than <laughs> and
1: You're she's sure. one of
0: the most wonderful people I've ever met in my life, other than my wife. She's up there. But you got guys like Joey, you know, like that guy, man he wants so much for you to be better. And that's what everyone here uh, in this community is part of. They want me to be better. And, but more importantly, they want you to do it for you. And, you know, aside from the vanity and all that stuff, and all going yeah, you know what? People are going to see and people are going to notice. If you make the commitment, you make the change, people are going to notice. And there's the people that you didn't expect to notice. It could be the cashier behind, you know, the grocery store line that you're checking in all the time, and she's like, "Wow, you used to get Twinkies, and now you're getting pork chops." You know, yeah. You know, you're, you people are going to notice, and people are, you know, they're good natured, and they're going to sit there and say, "Hey, good on you. What are you doing? How can I do it?" And then you get excited because you get someone to talk to, and you get something to talk to. And sure, you might have that at home, and you might have a, a huge family, you might have, you know, six brothers and sisters that you can share everything with. Cool. Guess what? When you go to dinner. And you go to Christmas, like I did this year, last year's Christmas card looked like three brothers swallowing a beach ball. This year, only two of them had a beach ball. I didn't.
1: Amazing, man. Thank you. And thank you so much for, for sharing that. I'm just, I'm so ecstatic for you that you've been able to make such tremendous change and that you've truly committed to the process. And I think it's, you know, it really is a different journey for everyone, but Taking ownership over your health and taking the responsibility for your health. And as you said, is you don't need a community, but in our mind, you have, you do have a responsibility to own your own decisions because people are watching, whether you realize it or not, at the checkout counter, at the golf club, at the gym. And when they see you make change, you empower them to also make change and to know that it's possible. And that if, if Matt can quit drinking, Well, shit, anyone can quit drinking and look at what this guy's been able to do. And that, in my mind, is our responsibility as, you know, blessed, privileged humans. If you're listening to this, then you fall in that camp. And so, yeah, I, I think that we all, there's certainly ego that is relevant and should not be frowned upon, but there's also just the role that we play in society today and the need to be able to positively impact change in our life. And so you're a shining example of being able to do that by virtue of committing to truly rebranding yourself over this past year and beyond. And so I commend you for that and wanna thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. We really, really appreciate it. And and I am honored to have you. you as part of our community.
0: Oh, well, it's my pleasure. I, I appreciate the opportunity to share my story with other people. It, it's very cliche, but if I can get one person to listen to me and say, if that guy can do it, then, and trust me, if I can do it, you can do it. Anyone who's looking at this and who's watching this, who's made it this point, if I can yeah. make the change and I can quit drinking, but like I said, you know, I'm abstaining because at some point my relationship with alcohol changed, but in my mind, I'm like, uh, you know, I want to be able to do it again sometime because, you know, it is fun. I do enjoy. It. Yep, but you can if you can use that and and uh, and, and use this as leverage to say, and if that guy can do it, I think I can do it. I'm sure wow. you can, and trust me, if I can, anyone else can.
1: You're damn straight, absolutely, man. And again, keep up the great work, and we will talk again soon. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening, and if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you in your nutrition journey for free. One, grab a free copy of my Fat Loss Fix Guide at fatlossfixguide.com. Two, join my free group at smartnutritionmadesimple.com. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel at smartnutritionmadesimpletv.com Four, leave a five-star rating and positive review so that we can gain access to more nutrition experts ready to share their knowledge with you and ultimately help more people make smart nutrition simple.